countdown to craziness is just days away. This is the oh, man. podcast, the diehard Duke basketball fans podcast. AC, let's I can't wait, go. Man. Dude, I'm going, man. I'm going down. I heard some bad news about you not going yeah, you down. Know, I'm, I don't want to classify it as bad news. Uh, it's horrible news, man. I was, I was waiting to <laughs> So I'm going to get on campus with you and everything, my man. I was flying over from Europe. I can't now not miss uh, I, her. So I'm going to. I was looking forward to balling you up in yeah. the practice facility. Is what was about to happen. Well, you know, <laughs> we, we don't we don't live that far. Hey, look, look listen. Uh, we could make another bet if you want. I know you don't actually pay your bets out. Um, you know. So, oh no. Uh, yeah. So look, if you want to make another, you know, empty offer, uh, we can do that. Uh, otherwise. <laughs> Uh, we did have some good news that we are booked and ready to go for the Champions Classic, though. Uh, yes, we are. York, and we, if we go to a steakhouse in New York, I will pay my bet up there. How about that? Well, I mean, even if we don't go to the game at this point, then uh, then it's worth it. Team Steakhouse. It's worth the trip, right? Yeah, Team Steakhouse, 6 p.m. <laughs> I'll see you there. Um, all right, so <laughs> all right, so we do have a countdown coming up on Friday night. Uh, you will be in attendance. It looks like I will. Yes, be out we now. do. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's kick <laughs> things off here with uh, CTC expectations um, okay. going into the event, and, and I want to start with uh, always a big, you know, moment of the night is the roster of recruits that are going to be in the building. Do you have a, a, yes. a, a list for us? Yeah. So in the you know in the past we've had we've had events where there were you know a bunch of dudes and then we've had one or two guys there but this year we definitely have some important for in the sake of duke recruiting for the next couple of classes important recruit important recruits coming um hunter dickinson will be there on his official we have uh i believe paolo banchero has stated that he's going to be there more than likely he holds that promise if he doesn't then i think that's a sign of things to come i really he's a recruit i really hope is there and really gets that whole experience it was it was a huge experience with zion um, when he came uh, the first time, that was when he was a, a junior in high school. It was a huge experience for him then. Got to spend a lot of time with Carowell and Nolan Smith during that event. And that, and that was, you know, really huge for him. So I'm hoping Benchero gets the same treatment there uh, when, when, when and if he shows up. I really, I really hope he gets there. Um, and then Adrian Griffin is coming from, um, from that class, that uh, 2020 class or 21 class, excuse me. And he's, he's another huge recruit, key recruit for us, especially with the news today of Kuminga staying in his class I don't know that that's a good thing for Duke and a guy like Griffin is huge for this team coming up because with some of the guys we have coming uh possibly Max Christie Patrick Baldwin we have some shooters on the way so a guy like Griffin who's a scorer and a great defender he reminds me a lot of Rondé Hollis Jefferson that that would be somebody that's huge for this team so you know that's gonna be a big visit for him and then just kind of on the whim, I've heard a couple of 2020, uh, 2022 recruits that might be on the way, Jaden Bradley and MJ Rice. They're two local guys. You'll see that a lot of times. You'll see a lot of the local kids um, get invites to this event because, you know, it's only a 20, 30-minute drive for some of them. For MJ Rice, he's right in town. He's in Durham. So I wouldn't be surprised to see those guys there, too. I've heard those names thrown around. So it should be a good event for recruits this year. It should be a big event. And if, I, if I'm correct uh... – Coach K's daughter, uh, Debbie, is now in charge of CTC, correct? Correct. And yep. Debbie Severin is in charge. Yeah. And so uh, she's done a great job in the last few years uh, putting on this event, and it should mm-hmm. be uh, no short of electrifying in there. 
again this year. I'm I'm pissed and I'm probably gonna miss it. But <laughs> let's talk about expectations though for mm-hmm. the overall event. Obviously, we're gonna have another segment right after this talking about the rosters. But in terms of overall excitement and expectations for the the squad this year, this is gonna be our first look at them officially. What are your expectations going into the event? I I'm I'm interested to see how it goes. I mean, obviously, obviously, all the things like all, all the pyrotechnics, they're gonna have all that. They're gonna have all the all the graphics, you know, displayed out on the court and everything. All all those things are gonna be there. It's it's always it's it's an event that sells itself. Like that, that's all I can describe it as. But because there's no prolific recruits, there's no prolific Duke news. I think it's honestly going to be a very kind of like a, just a kind of a chill event. Like I think the fans are obviously going to be nuts. Like, I, but like there's no there's no national attention on this thing this year. Like last year, the national yeah. attention was on Zion, like Zion and RJ. Like that was the national attention. It was it was played on ESPN, everything else like that. So. And and because they don't do the dunk contest and stuff anymore, you know, it's it, I I don't think there's a lot of I, I don't think there's a lot of huge attention on it, which I think is the story of this team this year, man. For real, really, honestly, I think all season long the story of this team is going to be no attention. Like I, I think they're just going to be a very business like squad all season long. I think they're going to be able to focus on basketball more than they were able to do last year. That's a hard thing to do. Last season go in with the amount of attention they were getting and and still be college kids and still also be basketball players. This year, they're just going to be allowed to be college students. They're just going to allow to be college players, man. And I, I think that's good for this team, good for a young team, especially the guys that they have mixed with those veterans. Yeah, for as much as a Duke team can, they're kind of flying under the radar. And yeah, yeah. this is going to be a team, and, I, and what I really want to see – in our first uh, official look here is the actual balance that we've heard about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from Coach K, uh, from Duke Insiders, that this team should be the most balanced Duke team that we've had in a really long time. Can uh, I can have, I can I put yeah. in a request real quick? I want one request from Debbie Severino. Can we have a three point shooting contest at at CTC, please? That is something that is like three point shooting is Duke's staple. How do we not have a three point shooting contest at CTC? Uh, we should put a plug in uh, immediately to see if we can make that happen. And let's yeah. say that it does. We got we we got the chance to see. You know, Trey has improved. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. the 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 front runner there would probably be Alex. Uh, I, I would think so. Would expect him to win. But then there's also Matthew Hurt. We've heard about his shooting. Would he yep. be a guy that uh, could walk away with the first ever uh, CTC? Duke three-point shooting contest. I don't I know. Think so. I would love to. Yeah, see, now I'm all jacked up. Now I would <laughs> like to actually see that happen. <laughs> oh, also, let me put in a prediction. You know who's going to win the belt this year? Jordan Goldwire. Guarantee what? it. Yes, wow. absolutely. Guarantee Jordan Goldwire. Dude, seriously, the work that he's been putting in in the weight room this season has been exceptional. He's, all, for all intents and purposes, let's just say he's he's added inches to his vertical he has his bench was one of the higher on the team his bench reps is one of the higher on the team seriously dude this like goldwire if if all the things are true about what he's done in the weight room this season if it's all true and it translates to what he can do on the basketball court he might actually be a player not not somebody as like well watch out he's gonna be a starter but like somebody who's really is gonna help contribute to this team more so than we actually probably thought or predicted might even be in his future for the next two or three years. You know what I mean? Like, I really think Goldwire is going to be 
a, a solid contributor this year if if all of those things are true and it does help translate to his game. Yeah, that would be a hell of a prediction. Uh, and I'd love to see it. The kid works super hard. He's a great mm-hmm. kid. And that would be awesome to see him. So let's kind of transition now to our second topic, kind of on that note. Next play. And that is, okay. what are the rosters going to look like for CTC? You know, in years past, sometimes Kay will, you know, put uh, his, you know, star point guard on, you know, maybe the lesser talented team and just kind of watch him, how he runs the, the team against mm-hmm. a tougher opposition. Or do you think that he just goes, you know, frontline uh, starters versus second team guys? Do you think that he has uh, a mix? Who, who are your rosters? Who do you think he's going to set it up as? I'm interested because, like you mentioned, I, I definitely we've seen, like you said, we've seen that in the past where there's been teams where you expected him to mix it up, and he just put those who he thought was the starting five out there and let them run. Uh, this year, there's no preseason tournament. There's nothing else like that, so that might be what we see this season. But if we were to go with that balance option, I was kind of looking at it as for the blue team because usually the blue team is the you know, we'll call it the lesser team, the the guys who are coming off the bench. Things like we'll call the blue team. I'm going to say, and not saying all these guys are coming off the bench, but just I think we'll see on the blue team Cassius, Vernon, Jack White, Goldwire, J Rob, Alex, and Buckmeyer. I, I think this year, uh, I think he's going to put Trey with four freshmen. Uh, it's okay. actually, I believe, uh, what your starting line at the end of the year will be. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to see this particularly because I want to see uh, how Trey responds to being, you know, the quote-unquote experienced leader on the court with four freshmen, because it's going to happen a lot this year. So I think he's going to have Trey, Wendell Moore, Cassius, Matt Hurt, and Kerry. And then on the other side, it's going to be Goldwire, which should be a fun matchup between him and Trey, because both Mm -hmm. of them are still good defensively. Uh, Alex versus uh, Wendell Moore, I think will be a great uh, matchup. I got Joey Baker, a guy that I don't think we've mentioned at all in our last podcast. It took up until this point to mention him here. A lot of people have already written him off. I want to find out what Joey Baker does. Uh, I think going up against an athletic guy in Cassius will be a, a, a treat for Duke fans to watch. Mm-hmm. Then it'll be, you know, Jack White, Matthew Hurt. That'll be interesting to see how Matt uh, handles the physicality and the strength of a senior uh, 6'7", super athletic guy in Jack White. Yep. Hopefully Jack can come back and have, you know, a ton of confidence this year. And then, you know, Javin and, and, and Vernon, you know, kind of rounding it out. And then obviously I already mentioned uh, Marcus Severino and, um, you know, Justin and, and Buckmeyer. Love Buckmeyer. I, I love Buckmeyer. And Keenan, Keenan, <laughs> the skier, Worthington. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> those those are our rosters. Um, yep. I I I want to see how Trey leads these young guys. Uh, Touching on I that subject, see. we talked. You talked about the Joey Baker thing, and it's very yeah. interesting to me because you're right. We didn't mention him at all last week. What do you what? You know, just let's go off topic for just a hot second, very yeah. briefly. What 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 do you think is his ceiling, and what do you think is his floor? Uh, I have. Absolutely no idea. You know, right? with with him, I just have absolutely no idea. You know, you hear stories last year about him in practice, but mm-hmm. that is like uh, that that happens every single time we every year. Early or uh, somebody uh, transfers in and 
you always hear the story that Seth Curry was the best player, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, on the on the team when he was a, a red shirt. Uh, you heard the same thing about Ronnie Hood. Uh, you heard Joey Baker last year. You heard 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 uh, Alex Murphy. All these guys, you know, like how good they are, but you just have no idea. And then you see them, you know, come in against Syracuse. You're kind of shocked just by that. You know, he only plays a handful of minutes. Doesn't make any shots, you know. It's just you, you can't really take anything from that. Let's talk about it this way. He was supposed I, to be a freshman in this class, correct? And if he, he was highly ranked. He was ranked ahead right. of almost everybody except for Vernon Carey. So if he stayed in this class, what kind of playing time do you think we would see if he stayed in this group? You know, if it had stayed with this group, you're probably thinking, you know, he's good enough to be a starter, fringe starter, or six man, mm-hmm. you, you probably think that he's an athletic uh, guy that can, you know, step outside and, and be a lethal shooter. Uh, you probably question his uh, athleticism to a degree and his strength for sure. Mm-hmm. But in terms of your original question, what is his floor? You know, his floor is, you know, what it was last year. I think you yeah. just have to pick it for what it is. And then his ceiling, we have absolutely no idea. Is his ceiling... You know what Jack White did, or is right. he ceiling? Um, you know, a guy that can you know flip the the cord and go you know fifteen to eighteen points by the time he's a junior or senior. I, that's why I asked that because of so we've we've seen, for the lack of a better term, we've seen Jack White poop the bed, right? We've seen that happen to him now. He had a good summer again with the Australian team. You know he. Uh, He's Jack White. We love Jack White. We love what he adds to the team, but he's a bit limited. Like, we know what he adds to the team. Joey Baker's a complete X factor because he, like you mentioned just now, he does so many things supposedly so well that why couldn't he find time on this team that needs a shooter, needs a six, seven body, especially in the five out? Like, is, like, what is there something like, is him coming in early? Was that a detriment? Because Dal Casey's maybe he's not the player that they recruited. And he doesn't get as much time, or is it like every all quiet on Joey Baker because we don't want the world to know that we have this secret weapon? Obviously, I hope right. that he goes out and is a huge contributor to this team because we know what we've heard about him is how mm-hmm. talented he is and how much of a worker and how much he loves Duke. So, right, um, it's going to be interesting. But you know, kind of wrapping this topic up. Uh, I do want to see what Trey Jones does with four mm-hmm. freshmen. I really think yeah. that's going to be a, a telling sign for this entire season. Trey has yep. to be the guy. He has. He, he was just named, uh, obviously, to uh, the, the Kuzi Award uh, watch list. That was yep. a no-brainer for the top point guard in the country. Yep. What yep. is Trey? What is Trey going to be this year? He has to be more aggressive offensively. Mm-hmm. Has to be able to look for a shot. Has to be confident in that shot. And if he if he is uh, and, and can be one of the best, if not the best point guards in the country, then, you know, he can take Duke to places that we want to ultimately get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, the sky, the sky's the limit for him because the ceiling, the, the floor last year was so low at the end of the season for him. So I think this year he's going to be free to do a lot of different things mentally. He's going to be back in things because his mom has been cleared. You know what I mean? Like there's so many, so many different things that have happened positively for Trey this season, this yeah. off season. I think he goes into this season a free spirit to do whatever the hell he wants on that court. And for Duke, that's a good sign. Absolutely. Uh, and with that, 
play. We do have a great uh, piece of news. We have our first guest of the season coming in uh, mm-hmm. to the uh, the Five Point Play podcast. This is actually a, a, another first for us. It's our first ever Duke student, and he's not just <laughs> any Duke student. Uh, his name is Andrew Danowitz. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably familiar with Duke Wave Instagram social media page. We're probably also familiar with the Barstool Devils, our, our first ever Duke student live here on the Five yeah. Point Play podcast. Welcome in, Andrew. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, man. Hey, we're we're really happy to have you. We kicking it right off, man. You have you have this Duke Wave account on Instagram. You run the Barstool account for Duke. How did you get into this in the first place? Like, how did you have the foresight and everything else as a high school student to see? this you know the potential that is in social media to be able to to start this thing up yeah so honestly so it was december of seventh grade which is almost seven years ago for me i just created duke dot at the time it was duke dot mbv for fun and so at first i just used it for fun to entertain myself and i was just a huge duke basketball fan i would just post basic pictures pictures of the scores stuff like that to get posted up. And then eventually for around four years, I just kept at it basically every day. And I, my content would, the quality of my content would increase. I would start making videos and edits and other stuff like that. And the audience grew to about 20,000 followers in uh, August of 2017, which is when uh, Instagram called Greatest Highlights at the time, I think it was. Okay. They DM me and they talked to me about how they're starting this sports networking company and that they'd be interested in buying my account and then so as for the, as for the past two years plus now I sold the rights to them and now I work for them as a content creator and a social media manager for Duke.Wave and then I I would say now I spend around an hour a day just creating posts for the Wave Instagram and it basically it's become a big part of my life. Well, that's pretty awesome. And, and obviously your story is amazing. You grew up a, a Duke basketball fan and, you know, yeah. kind of like us with kind of like us with this podcast, we would do it for, for no listeners. It's obviously great to have <laughs> you know, other, you know, other Duke fans doing it, but I have to imagine from your perspective, you just love Duke basketball, right? So you would have done this yeah. anyway. Yeah, no, I, I had at the time when I made it, I had no intentions of selling it or becoming a part of a company for it. It was just for fun, and eventually, like I, I created an audience, and then it became a real commitment. So, nice man. Well, it's, it's, it's a commitment for us uh, to keep up with all of your posts every day. Uh, <laughs> each one, each one seems to get better than the next. Uh, you know, obviously you. last year. Obviously, last year, just the amount of Zion highlights that you can put up, I, I, can't, <laughs> yeah, I can't consume enough of them. Yeah, no, he definitely helps for uh, engagement and stuff. For sure. for sure. Did you did you grow your followers just straight up from the ground up? Or I know some people, yep. you know, some people buy followers, they nope. buy accounts. Yours is straight from the bottom, nope. right? I, straight from the bottom. That's incredible, man. 46 from the bottom yeah. is, to me, that that's sick. Yeah, I uh, once... So when I I think I already mentioned this when I got bought out by Waves it had around twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. Once I started working for them, the connections kind of started to increase, and there's there's a lot more. Uh, there's just more of an audience there too. Talk to me about growing up as a Duke fan. What made you become a Duke fan? Who was 
you know, for me, you know, growing up, uh, you know, I had family that went to Duke and, you know, watching, you know, guys, you know, obviously like Christian Leitner, people way ahead of you yeah. uh, b- before your time. <laughs> Who was like the guy like that you said, you know, this is my guy, this is my player? So I grew up a Duke fan. My my dad went to Duke as well. So I ever since I was a little kid, I, I ever since I can remember, I've just I've been a huge Duke basketball fan. And I would say the player like that I just think of, it would probably have to be Grayson Allen because I mean, I would say the year that like I really can remember a lot from was probably would probably be. Uh, after well, I, I remember all Jabari Parker's team and after mm-hmm. that, but that didn't have a great ending. So yeah. I would say <laughs> the season after that, where the national championship team with Okafor, Tyus, sure, uh, Winslow, Emil Jefferson, that that was probably the team where I I fully like have the best memories from. And after that season, I just became probably. Grayson Allen probably became my favorite player, and then he's just who I've watched the past. I've watched four years with him. Nice, nice. Have you have you noticed with your account? Have you noticed more engagements during certain you know like certain events? Like like last year for us, a, the the biggest thing was Duke blowing Kentucky out of the water in the beginning of the season. That was like the biggest thing that could have happened for us just trying to start a podcast. Have you noticed that with your account, like certain events or certain players really adding to your, your viewership because you've done this now for a few years, probably through the years with Marvin Bagley, like you said, Grayson Allen, Mm -hmm. those guys, have you, have you noticed that kind of trend? It's really engagements are really seasonal. So Mm -hmm. like right after, May through even beginning of October, engagements are always just going to be down, just simple, simply because of the fact that it's sure. the off season. But yep. I would say last year I really noticed a huge bump in engagements. Anything Zion related, <laughs> even a bunch of a bunch of things RJ Barrett related to, or right? But any just any of the crazy highlights that happened last year were just. I really, when I noticed engagement started to take off, yeah. That's it's that is that Zion effect, man. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure now it'll continue a little bit, but I'm not sure it'll be as great as it was last year. But just you just got you just got to have some uh some Duke South some uh, some Pelicans highlights on yeah, your on your yeah, package now, man. That's all you got to yeah, do. Like, I'm sure I'll still post a good bit of Zion because I mean he's still a Duke. Oh, oh yeah, Duke. Uh, Duke blood in him, and he always has Duke blood. So I mean, all right, man. Well, hey, we appreciate you jumping on. Uh, you've been yeah, super thank cool. you for having me. Yeah, man. We uh, we love what you're doing with your accounts, um, and uh, you know, hopefully, this won't be the last time that you uh, join us on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Thank you to Andrew. That was awesome. Uh, I'll tell you what. I, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm jealous uh, that he's living Hold- out uh, his dream uh, of being totally. at Duke. Uh, but he'll do, he'll be there for CTC, obviously, uh, in the camera crazy section. Awesome, mm-hmm. awesome story, and, and we appreciate Andrew coming on. So let's move on. Speaking of CTC, Next play. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to go to, to a number of these, mm-hmm. um, but we wanted to talk about what is our favorite CTC moment ever. Oh, man. Uh, and so I'm going to kick it off. Uh, right. I was there uh, at the 2010 national title game in Indianapolis, and I, mm-hmm. as soon as we won that game, which I didn't enjoy 
a single second of. Uh, once we <laughs> won that game, I said, I will be there at Countdown for the, the raising the banner. Uh, obviously, Kyrie Irving was coming in as well. Mm-hmm. So we had, you know, Kyle Singer coming back, Nolan Smith coming back. Yeah, I was uh, there. I was Seth, there with you, man. Seth, Seth Curry um, was going to be on that team. Yep. Andre Dawkins uh, going to be a sophomore sharpshooter. Uh, the Plumleys were, were there. Uh, Mace, you know, and, and Kyrie Irving, that I, I just wish that hadn't ended the way it know, did. Man. Uh, but but cause he made he made Mason Plumley you know look like an All American. Um, oh, he absolutely did. So absolutely. But we wanted to see, we wanted to see Kyrie, and obviously we wanted to see the banner. So the mm-hmm. banner comes down. Uh, it was, I mean, I I've never heard in a non-game situation do yeah. uh, a Cameron indoor ever be louder than that. That was amazing. And, was that your first one? I, no, it wasn't my first one, but uh, the it first, was the uh, one Midnight that, Madness. It was not, but it was okay. the one that, that sticks out uh, the okay. most to me. See, that was but, my first. That was my first Midnight okay. Madness slash well, countdown. So I wanted to ask you then, how long did it take you to realize that Kyrie Irving was the best player on that floor? Oh, uh, yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I, realized it, 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 I realized it the day before. <laughs> uh, I, it was incredible. Like, you know, I knew yeah. Kyrie Irving was, was awesome. You know, you saw him in uh, the Jordan Brand game just yep. destroy dudes at the end of that game. We had Nolan Smith. Uh, Kyle Sinclair, who was just the uh, the most outstanding player of the Final Four mm-hmm. and a preseason first-team All-American. Nolan Smith ended up winning the ACC Player of the Year that year. Yep. It took me three seconds on the court mm-hmm. to realize that Kyrie Irving was head and shoulders better than any player on that floor or yeah. in the country. Just that – you just know that quickly. So you know – do you know where I saw him before that? It was the the NC Pro-Am that summer. So you know oh, they used so you to do the Pro-Am? Wow. Yes. Yes. That was awesome. Dude, I wish they I wish they could for whatever reason NCAA stipulation says they can't do it anymore. The college players can't play in it anymore. So the event basically just oh, died. Stupid. I yeah. wish they could bring it back because that was such an awesome thing, man. And he and Nolan Smith that summer were incredible. And they're on different squads. Nolan, he balled out. And I was like, dang, Nolan's gonna be the best player in this team. And then I saw Kyrie and I was like, uh, wait a minute, no, he's not. Because Kyrie was just playing around. He was just playing around, and he was he was making guys like Stackhouse and Rasheed Wallace and some of those guys look like fools, man. Like, it was – he looked incredible. So, before that, I had seen him, and I, I wanted to see him in that organized Duke setting. And Kay did exactly what I was hoping he would do, and I hope he does with Trey this year, which is he just let him run wild. And, you know, the rest is history 11 games later, unfortunately. But, you know, you know how go, that goes. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so what, what was your uh, favorite CTC moment then? I think – so I really used to love those dunk contests. And yeah. I, I love I Dre in that dunk contest that season. But I th- honestly, it's going to be another Dre moment. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to at Trey on Twitter uh, – Dre on, at, on Twitter on this one when we're done to see if he will reply to us and like us because I want him on the show – desperately but when he came back the year that uh jabari came in at that ctc and the pop that he got usually yeah. usually the big usually the big number one overall recruit gets the biggest pop at ctc that's yep. kind of how it's been yep. the past few years that season dre got the biggest pop out of anybody and it was it was goosebump inducing like that was yep. that was so awesome like my friends and i were sitting there watching we we had chills. We were watching the crowd go nuts for for Dre to come back. Crazy towel guy was over to our left. He was going nuts, dude. It was awesome. That was so cool. 
Yeah, I was actually there for that one too. That was that's a mm -hmm. great moment. Uh, and, and it's just everything that Andre Dawkins has been through, um, and certainly uh, his freshman year on. It, yeah. it was so awesome to see him not, you know, take off after this. Graduate. And happy. And just to see him happy. Yeah, and he actually like, seemed happy. Absolutely. Yeah. And to have him come in, and uh, I wish he would have kept the same number 20, but hey, um, to have him come back, it was just, it was a perfect ending to, yep. to his story. Uh, and yeah, we, we both loved Andre, and um, he was one of my favorite players. I think he was a lot of uh, Duke fans' mm -hmm. favorite players. Uh, yep. one of their favorite players just because of, of his story and absolutely uh, absolutely you know, what he what he, he meant to do so yeah that's that was great let's play we gotta we gotta wrap this podcast up though so we want to shift it was all going to be about ctc <laughs> but we cannot ignore <laughs> the nba preseason that zion williamson is putting together the conductor himself i'm just going to throw some numbers at you he's per 30 so before we start yeah, before we start this before we start this, this is important to, to note and notice. Like you said, this was going to be total CTC. Like you said, we cannot ignore the NBA thing. Look, I know there's a lot of Duke fans out there who don't care about the NBA, don't like the NBA. What this team is doing, what Duke is doing to program, I say the team, what the program is doing with the NBA players, with the brotherhood, with everything else, I it is phenomenal, man. I have I really I can't get over how amazed I am with how detailed they are with getting these guys involved from everything from just sharing on Instagram, Jason Tatum showing saying, I miss this. And he shows a Duke Jersey to yep. Zion wearing Duke gear during press conferences in the NBA to JJ Redick, 16 years removed basically from the team. He's talking about Duke. He, they, they booked the, the, the Duke private jet to get five NBA players to the champions classic. Are you kidding me? Like, dude, this is, it's, un, it's unparalleled, unprecedented. You don't see this with any other college team. And we would be remiss as fans to poo-poo what they are doing beyond Duke basketball because it truly is a brotherhood. It truly is a professional building organization, just like you see with, with computer science and engineering and everything else in some of these schools. They have made this thing a profession for these guys who are in college, and it is absolutely phenomenal it's the it's the reason why guys are coming to this school right now as high profile recruits it's the reason why guys are going to continue coming to this school when k leaves because it's not just about k anymore you don't hear i'm here because of coach k that much anymore you hear it but you don't hear it you hear i want to be a part of the brotherhood and it's it, this is something that's going to last beyond k and they're setting it up and that is genius in my opinion yeah you you can't talk enough and, and we talked about Dave Bradley, the guy that runs uh, the Duke Blue Planet. He does such an unbelievable job. His entire team does. I know how important uh, the social media numbers mean to, to, the, to the entire marketing, sports marketing team down at Duke. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's so awesome to see what they do. And, you know, they just released, uh, they, they do now all season long, uh, started with this last season uh, with the Duke you know, season episodes, and they yep. just did one where they flew down to New Orleans yep. to make an unreal incredible, unreal uh, incredible. down there with, with the five two players plus Trajan Landon. It, it, like, it's just genius. And like you said, they are so far ahead of everyone else. They have mm -hmm. more followers, social media followers, than every college collegiate program 
across any sport. That includes Alabama football, Ohio State football. Uh, you, you have more fans there, plus they have more followers than nearly every professional team. You know, yep. you have the Yankees, the Lakers, the Cowboys that are ahead of them. But after that, it's, it's not too far down before you get to Duke. Duke I'm pretty sure last season I saw a stat that said they had more social media followers than the, the team had more social media followers than all but like one or two conferences in, in, in yeah. all of the college landscape and college basketball. Con- Com- a whole conference, combined. an entire combined. conference. Yes. yes, combined. And so kind of bringing it back to the original point, you know, mm-hmm. we talked about Zion Williamson um, and, you know, the pay-for-play thing, and we, we touched on this last week, uh, that, yes, Duke is using their players to, to build their program 100%. But they are also, the players understand, and more so ever in 2019, that, you know, they're using the program too. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Zion came in to Duke with an astounding, you know, 1.2 million Instagram followers, and he now has something like 4.5. You know, you yeah. don't think that the Duke free marketing that he was getting there uh, had a lot to do with it, <laughs> and they do they do that on purpose. That's part of our recruiting pitch. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about yep. the NBA, and you know, you have the get off my lawn, you know, fans that you know don't like the NBA, and oh, that's fine. But you know mm-hmm. who does like the NBA? The kids that we're recruiting, and if they Correct. see a bunch of guys at Duke uh, talking about how, or in the NBA from Duke talking about how much they love Duke, how much they miss Duke. Uh, how much the brotherhood means to me, how J.J. Reddick has uh, come out on his podcast and says that he has relationships with nearly every single person that has come through the Duke program. That yep. is astounding. Yep. You know, like you said, he, you know, he graduated in 2006. We're 13, 14 years removed from, from when he was at Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got relationships with Zion and all these guys, and, and it's, it's something that you can't break. But real quick, let me just tell you Zion, Zion's numbers <laughs> on here. He's per 36 in the preseason. He's had, what, four or five games? He has, not, yep. uh, so in, in, what, four preseason games, he has 93 points on 49 shots. His total shooting percentage but, but, is, you know, right, is 74%. He, and he's per 36, but, 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 30.7 points, 8.9 rebounds, but, 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 2.9 assists. And but, but, 1. But, 9, 1. 9 skill. but hey, hey, skill, I mean, hey, skill, hey, what, what's his plus minus skill? What's his plus minus skill? It's just incredible, man. Like, what he doesn't impress me, skill. What's his plus minus skill? Yeah, well, Come even, on, even, even your boy Stephen A. At this point has <laughs> to be like, you know, he already he already said he's going to have an impact on Shaq. So, Dude. you know, I don't know. And, and they talk about it like it's a disappointment. That's the funniest thing about it. They talk about him in in regards to Blake Griffin and Shaq, and Barkley, and all these other guys, and they compare him to these guys, and they act like it's a disappointment because he's not LeBron. Give me a break, man. He is Zion, and he has, he has proven that, and he's going to prove that, and I can't wait for it to happen. Yeah, well, the conductor is going to be conducting a lot of highlights this season in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think they open up in about a week, so yeah. uh, looking forward to watching Zion. Wish he was still at Duke, but hey, it's going to be fun no less. Hey, CTC, this Friday night, AC will be there. Looks like I'm out, but I'll be watching. Go Duke. Let's get this. Go Duke, man. CTC, here we go. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Five Point Play Podcast.